0: This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel
1: of Tab Computer Systems. Interact by phone at
2: 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. You can email them in the studio at gethelp@tabinc.com
1: or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric.
3: Good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're going to be here till 11 o'clock, taking your computer calls, comments, questions, and concerns. Feel free to get online early. I know it's a beautiful Saturday morning. Uh, but we are getting calls from Los Angeles because all the, all the problems in Connecticut were solved last week. So we had Rich out there in Los Angeles call in. We get calls from Michigan. Um, so, uh, all the out of Staters are going to start calling. <laughs> We've solved all the Connecticut problems. That's great. Uh eight hundred nine six six w t i c five two two w t i c Here's a headline for you right out of the news media. These guys write this so well spam czar Czar hey does that sound like a country you might well, that's a Russian word no oh. means king it is that is scary spam they didn't use the word king though they used Czar spam Czar nabbed in Spain may have links to election tampering and the uh article goes on to talk about this ridiculous spam king who literally is a horrible guy who has been spamming the, you know the planet for a very long time and his name is Pytor. P- Peter P- oh, okay. Wow. Peter okay Peter oh, you say it then Pyotr Piotr. P- P- Lavashov Lavashova whatever he is Russian uh he's taken into custody in Barcelona while he was vacationing with his family. All good stuff, right? This guy is one of the top 10 worst spammers in the world, according to Spam House. And uh, the thing is here, guys, that the headline talks about him possibly having connections to the election tampering. Of course, you read the story. There is absolutely nothing connecting him. No proof, nothing. Just the fact that he's Russian. Well, he's a spammer. And he deals with email. <laughs> right. I mean, I also hear he makes a great chicken Kiev. Uh, but it's just... Come on, people! So, so whose whose email got got hacked? Podesta's. There you go.
4: There's the connection. Hey,
3: email hacked. <laughs> I just put it Spam together. Czar. Wait a minute. Oh gosh, it seems so. Uh, I just love these these journalists. They really got to work a little harder. Um, now Krebs on Security, one of my favorite security sites. Uh, literally talks about fake news. His, his his headline is "Fake News at Work and Spam Kingpin's, Kingpin's Arrest." So we'll post both of these, and you can see again how our news media does what they do best. And you you got to ask yourselves, guys, if you're a journalist, can you can you at least try? <laughs> I mean, we came out with that uh, story back uh, over the Christmas holiday where the Vermont power plant was hacked by Russians. I mean, I woke up to it. I'm like, what the heck are they talking about? And all it was was they had some sort of uh, you know, email that was delivered to them. They were never hacked by the Russians. <laughs> I mean, just take a moment, news media, and try to put a headline together that's that actually says the right um, stuff? I don't know. I mean, you really are losing well, credibility rapidly.
4: That's because the press doesn't know the difference between a fishing scheme that you fall prey to... And fishing for and trout. A, and a hack.
3: <laughs> oh, oh, well, that's true, too. You know what I mean?
4: And to them, a fishing scheme is a hack, you know? And they don't know the difference, and it's sad.
3: I don't think they want to know the difference. It's all clickbait. Yeah, well, true. Speaking of baiting and fishing and whatever... Um, so we'll put both links up here. You can read Krebs talking about this fake news and uh, the fact that this guy was was definitely arrested, which is a good thing. I mean, you might see less spam for a little while because this guy is a horrible spammer. Oh, yeah, Bob has a story.
4: Yeah, Google's fact-check labeling system goes global. Oh, great. Google's the arbiter of... No, they've uh, farmed that out to a third party. So they're going to have somebody that... Uh, when you read, a, you know, you click on a link, there's going to be a, another little icon down there that gives you the opportunity to do a fact check, okay?
3: Using their <clears> engine?
4: No, it'll be a third party. So wow. it'll you'll find out uh, what the sources are, supposedly, mm-hmm. and whether or not they, they're actually true or not. depends on, you know, whatever.
3: Your point of view. Uh,
4: yeah. So who's the arbiter? Alternative facts. Let's see here. Uh, the arbiter, it was in this, this is like a several-page article. It was interesting.
3: Yeah. Uh, is it a group of folks that Google's put together?
4: No, 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 no. Did no. they
3: just kind of tap them on the head and say, you guys are the arbiter for fake news? Th- please, thank <clears throat> you. It's
4: like Google didn't really want to do anything about it. Well, but no. by doing this, you see, the European Union is passing legislation for, for Internet sure. companies right. to be able to do fact-checking and you know uh, make sure that it's true. It's a company. It's a partnership with a company called Jigsaw.
3: Oh, those guys are, of course, perfectly legitimate. And nothing <clears throat> so to worry publishers
4: about. can now display a fact check tag in news stories where everywhere that Google News is available. The company also has introduced the fact check feature globally in Google Search, in all of its lang all the languages it supports. For the first time, when you conduct a search on Google mm-hmm. that returns an authoritative result containing. Fact checks for yeah. one or more public claims. Yeah, you will see that information clearly on the results
3: page. So you can noted actually, Jigsaw. So Jigsaw is going to say here: this has been fact checked. This is not, or this is uh, real, or they think it's fake.
4: The snippet will display information on the claim, who made the claim, and the fact, uh, the fact check of that particular claim. They Interesting.
3: Said. Interesting.
4: And then they have a couple of pictures of uh, examples. Yeah. Well, so <clears throat> yeah. Except I, I almost think that this is fake news. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Who knows? Again, the, the internet's going to try to help out and uh, disseminate real, whether it's real or not. The problem is – so even in the case of the article that I just talked about, spams are nabbed. So the, the, the new story isn't fake. The only thing that's fake about it is the, the journalists um, trying to connect – Hacking to Russians and and this guy, uh, an email. I mean, he's it's purely, it's kind of a, it's it's it, it's not fake because even in the in the story he says, you know, this guy could be connected to the, the 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 election tampering, but we have found no evidence. So as again, if I asked you, you know, Bob, when have you stopped beating your wife? Pre, pre, prove to me you haven't. This is the same thing this guy's doing, right? When have you stopped? You know, this guy could have hacked the election, right? He's Russian. Obviously, he's half the battle, <laughs> according to this journalist. You know, it's it's, but it's not fake. I mean, Google, I would contend, well, would yeah. actually say this is not fake news, but it is fake news because it's how it's being presented. Well, the headline is fake. It's not fake because he says may. Well, it's alternative facts. It's 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 uh, couching. I mean, he's couching a story in a way that is, that is just wrong. It's just you're just misleading, Mister John P. Mello Jr. Uh, who's the uh, journalist. So I, I, would, I would contend that the Google fact-check system wouldn't put this up as
4: fake news. I would contend that you're, that you're correct. And uh, I think that this is only uh, uh, some window dressing that, that Google is doing in order to avoid getting fines from the European Union. Right. It kind of talks about that a little bit in the article. Does it? It's worth yeah. reading.
3: I got something for you that I found kind of interesting. The boys at Burger King <laughs> thought they had a great idea. Maybe you heard this. Instead, it ended up with a whopper of a (laughs) problem. That's a pretty funny uh, headline. So Burger King has designed an ad to trigger your home, Bob, because you have this Google Voice thing, right? The home-activated Google Voice home speaker system, right? You get that. Yes, yes. So if there's a Burger King ad that comes on talking about their new chicken sandwich or something like that, it says, Okay, Google, what's the Whopper burger? It was a Whopper, actually. And the line is meant to trigger off the device to reel off the definition of the Whopper using the first line of the uh, Burger's Wikipedia page. And it says, yes, the Whopper has its own Wikipedia page. The problem is that, well, number one, Google realized this and stopped it from happening. But number two, Wikipedia can be edited by anybody. So what they were doing, people were doing, once they realized this occurred, was they were editing the first line of the Wikipedia page to say all sorts of things, things you may not be proud of hearing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the boys at Burger King thought it'd be really funny to trigger that sp- speaker by saying, "Okay, Google." And I probably did that to you guys a bunch of times already. Now you're in your car, my, my, your phones are saying, "What? What? Speak now." <laughs> well, you know, our every time somebody says, "Okay, Google," yeah,
4: play some classic '70s music. Now does it chuckle? Actually, I
3: was playing, no, I was actually, playing classic 70s music. This, this I just said it.
4: Yeah. So anybody that's got an OK Google, <laughs> <it's> playing, like, <laughs> right now they're playing classic music. You are worse than the Whopper people. <laughs> hey, I am a hacker.
3: Yeah, you are hacking them. You yeah. are uh, according to a journalist. You know, you could be now in the news. You know, Bob Shorey hacks Google Google phones by saying OK Google on the radio. Ah. No Google Home, Google Homes. Well, phones too. I mean, any any smartphone that's got uh, Google, okay, Google Live like that. Yeah, yeah anything's. That's all going crazy. Okay, the people are yelling at us saying, "Stop saying, okay, Google, okay, okay, Google." Yeah, I'm sorry. Just, it, <laughs> we gotta stop. Yes. no more, okay, Google. Uh, exactly. In other news, talking about hacking, there is a oven out there. Why I don't even know why this is, but if you're able to buy this oven, it's an Aga oven. It's like a high end for those of you who are very very Tony. You have your AGA oven, and or AGA, I don't know how you say it, AGA. Say it or sp- say it or play it, but I can't even use an oven. Um, I can burn it, burn stuff. But this oven can be hacked because it's connected via to the internet for whatever reason via a mobile connection that these dinglings pay eight bucks a month for. And if you want to, if you're a hacker and you know the oven's phone number, why or how you would know the oven's phone number is beyond me. You could send a text to it. And tell it to start kicking on and off and on and run and not run and preheat and whatever.
4: Well, how about turn on the self-clean? That'll really take care of the supper that's in there.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So for some crazy reason, these these ovens were equipped with cellular connections that people are paying $8 a month um, to have their oven connected to the Internet. And I I don't know, of all the bad ideas. I mean, could you really have a life that busy where if you can afford an oven to that level that you're going to actually – you know. You pre-cook the lasagna, get get it ready in the oven, and leave, and then with enough time to make sure you turn on the oven through the internet. I mean, really? That's where we're at? I mean, I guess it's pretty cool. Well, most ovens you can program anyway. See, I wouldn't know that. Really? Yeah. You can program your oven to start kicking on and, and cooking? I can it?
4: program my oven to turn on at a certain time and then turn off at a certain time or run for a certain number of minutes.
3: I didn't even know that was possible. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We don't really use the oven the way most people use ovens.
4: <clears throat> and then... You know, there's always the Crock-Pot, which I love.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, the moment it's connected to the internet, you're going to be able to hack it, hack your Crock-Pot. But uh, I don't know. This just seems kind of funny. Well, it we'll sounds like the-
4: a crock to me. <laughs> yeah.
3: We'll put a link up here for you. And uh, basically, there's no security, so you can actually go ahead and text these ovens and cause issues with them. But uh, obviously, if they'd used a better method of connectivity... They wouldn't have found that these problems would occur. We'll put these links up for you at computertalkwithtab.com. Michael post them live. And uh, we're going to get out for a quick break. Four lines wide open on this lovely Saturday morning. Please feel free to get online. 800 966 WTIC, 522 WTIC. Bob and I will do our best to help you out. We'll be right back. We are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And Bob is Bob Shorey. He's one of the MCSEs that's been, been with Tab for nearly over a decade now. And uh, he'll come in and help us out with your computer problems, questions, and concerns. You don't have any this morning, so maybe Bob and I will start talking about our kids. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Real quick story uh, in the business world as far as what we do every day for our clients. um, We we sell phone systems now for our business clients and uh, their voice over IP phone systems. And we always have to compete against all sorts of companies. But one of the funny ones that we compete against is the cable company. Cable company is trying to get in the phone business these days, whether Comcast, Cox, or whatever. They're trying to sell phones to businesses. And the funny thing is they're not really selling phone systems. They're renting phone systems forever. Forever. So we're seeing proposals from these companies where... They have convinced you. And in, in the old days, you'd have got you know news articles about you know some old woman you know in her eighties or nineties who has been paying AT and T to rent her phone since nineteen you know fifty five twelve dollars a month for her you know her rotary phone, and we used to laugh at it. You know it was sad. You know there she's being taken advantage of by AT and T having her rent that phone for forever. And now the cable companies are like. Oh, yeah, this is what we do. We'll rent you a modem. We'll rent you your internet. Well, of course, why don't we just use the same model and rent your phones to you for businesses? And so I'm looking at these proposals, and they basically say it's three years, but it just means after three years they can change the pricing. But for some reason, people don't look at that. And if you looked at the cost of renting your phone system from the cable company – For just three did, years. Or No, no, don't – three years. Uh, how long does your business phone system typically last, Bob? Three years? I would heck I would hope not. Well, I don't know. I think a lot of them are like 23 years. <laughs> yeah, 23 years, yeah. So let's just see if you instead of using the three years that the cable company is trying to focus you on and you actually multiplied it, let's just say ten. Let's say you hoped your brand new business phone system lasted you ten years. So you multiply the monthly cost that they're trying to trick you into to doing by 120 months. I saw a recent quote for a cable f- phone system that would have cost the company one hundred and eighteen thousand dollars over ten years to rent it from the cable provider, whereas our phone system would have come in at seventeen grand. So they could have installed our system almost five times over a ten year period for what the cable company is convincing them to rent it for. It is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Why would you spend that kind of money? Renting a business phone system from the cable company, I get mad about renting a cable box from the cable company. Why would I want to rent my business phone system from the cable company at that level of cost? I mean, it's it's insanity.
4: Well, that's how they make a profit.
3: <laughs> a profit. It's hey, a,
4: you know you got to support the economy. It's know?
3: obscene. I mean, I feel like Bob talking about the Bobopedic versus the the regular mattress in this type of thing. But I mean, this is not even close. The cost is insane. Five, six times you'd be spending to rent it from the from the cable company. So just look at the math, guys. Just take that rental number and multiply it by 120. Please do your company a favor and do well, that little math. Please multiply it by 120. And that's just a 10-year period. How about if you just do it for five years? Even that, it, yeah, five you, years, you're 10 still years. still way ahead. Five years, 10 years, 20 years. The cable company is going to try to get you to pay that forever. Like the woman that we just gave example of, that's going to pay AT and T to rent her rotary phone f- for fifty years. It's crazy. Well, my
4: point about the five years is it's still less than the ten year number. Yes, it's still less. Uh, still- the quote is still less than yeah. Uh, yeah. You know their their number. Right. Okay. And then our systems are guaranteed for five years. Well, there's
3: that. But the point is not even <clears throat> that. I just can't believe they get away with it. Just do the math, please, people. Look at those deals. Please do the math. Let's go on to uh, Ken in Southington. Hey Ken, what's up?
1: Good morning, guys. How <coughs> are you? Good, how are you? Good, thanks. I recently upgraded my tower. Yeah. From Vista to Windows 7. Okay. And now I have I'm on AOL mm-hmm. all the time. All right. Okay. I know you're going to say, "Oh no." <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, if you like AOL, it's fine. Who am I to say?
1: Yeah. But anyhow, and now I'm getting a uh, black box pop up. All right. Okay. And in the box, is it says not sandbox.
3: Not sandbox. Okay. We're coming up against a heartbreak. Okay. We're going to put you on hold and we're going to do some research on this, Ken, and see what we can come up with. All right. So hang on, okay? Okay. All right. So we're going to hold Ken over the news break here. And uh, we have three lines open for you. Feel free to get online. One eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. We're here till eleven o'clock on this gorgeous Saturday morning. You know, Bob and I've got things to do. You know, we could be mowing our lawns, uh, but we're here helping you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. And uh, feel free to get online, or we'll be talking about our kids all morning. We'll be right back. We are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric, and I'm Bob, and we're here till eleven o'clock. And it's a little light on the phone calls this morning. Feel free to get online 966 WTIC 522 WTIC. We're going to get back to Ken, who's uh, down there in Suffern,ton my hometown. And uh, so, Ken, we did some research. So you've got a you use AOL, and you're getting a pop up box that's a black box that says uh, not sandbox. Correct? Correct. And so we've done some research, and Bob's got some answers for you. Well, we have some concerns for you. Go ahead, Bob.
4: Well, it would appear that you've got malware, and that's what's causing the pop-up.
3: Okay. So
4: you need to run something like Malwarebytes or something like that to get rid of the uh, to get rid of the malware. Okay, we we
3: do though. <laughs> yeah, but your your malware still on there, obviously, because what we think is happening is something's trying to call uh, a command prompt. It's trying to get to a low-level aspect of your computer, and uh, it's warning you that that's occurring. Anything that pops up like this automatically without your input, Ken, is definitely concerning, and this is a pretty pretty concerning pop-up that you're getting. It's even warning you, saying, hey, this is not even in a protected mode. It's trying to run something outside of its sandbox. So you do want to re you know either update your malware bytes is it current have you paid for it is it the free version have you had it for a while it might be that you haven't updated it in a while
2: it's a re, uh, free
3: version okay so you may want to consider you know making sure it's up to date and rerunning but or try another tech uh, another tool to scan your system uh, because we are pretty confident that you have malware do you run open DNS when you surf the internet What's Open DN- DNS? Open DNS is a different method to get to the internet than you're using now. You're oh, using.
1: Go ahead. Oh yes, yeah. Well, uh, I go. I go on Chrome quite a bit, and it doesn't do it on Chrome.
3: Well, Chrome is just a browser. Open DNS is a method of connection to the internet that's more secure. Oh. oh um, okay. But uh, uh, if you're on you're on the AOL browser, this is the issue that occurs. Yes. Well, you could. Stop doing that, obviously. Stop using the AOL browser and just use a Chrome browser. But I would contend you still have malware. Okay. And you should definitely run uh, Malwarebytes. Disc, you know, update it and run it and see if it scans um, and finds something. There's no other things that we can find here. And there's nothing here that that shows what particular malware you have, just that it's pretty certain you do have it. Okay,
1: because we update it every, every weekend we update it.
3: You do update it. It could also be uh, an Adobe Flash issue where Flash is trying to kick off, and uh, it may be a security warning. But some of the things that we've seen, um, talk about it being potential malware, but you may want to update your Flash. But we recommend not even using Flash at all. And that would be back to the AOL browsers probably. As we know, AOL has got issues with security for a long time. Yeah. Uh, so it simply could be that it's trying to use a non-updated uh, a- uh, Flash browser, Adobe Flash, player, oh. and that's where you're getting that um, bug as well. Okay. So if you're comfortable that your malware bytes is up-to-date and current, then it could be something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely something funky going on there. The yeah. other thing
4: you could do is you could disable your pop-ups in AOL Desktop. Are you using AOL Desktop? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you can disable the... Uh, we uh, we put up a link to that. If you disable the pop-ups, you, you shouldn't get
3: that. Yeah, so we'll put a link at computertalkwithtab.com, Ken, for that. Okay. And so try those things. Um, update, scan, maybe turn off the pop-ups or stop using the AOL browser altogether. Okay. All right, sir.
1: Okay, Eric and Bob, thanks a lot. Thanks, Ken. Okay. All
3: right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. So a couple lines open. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. In the news, of course, everyone's all aflutter about uh, the... Uh, current legislature in in, uh, Washington, D.C., not, well, not enacting internet privacy rules for broadband um, internet companies like Verizon, Comcast, Cox. And as you know, by listening to the show, Bob and I don't love these people over there, the broadband companies. We're not like heroes of these guys. However, thou dost protest too much. Um, folks, uh, everyone who's all freaking out about this, you understand, right? You understand that folks like Google and Facebook have been tracking you forever. We've talked about it for a decade or more, and now good old Blumenthal is getting involved. He's going to protect us, Mr. fruit himself. Um, So basically, he's going to put in some sort of thing saying that the internet providers can't track where you're going. Again, buddy, great. You're missing a few folks in your bill. Why don't you go after big data like Google and Facebook? I don't see you going after that. Might they be donors? Hmm. Um, Mr. Blumenthal is going to put forth legislation. And he says, unfortunately, the president and Republican lawmakers have just given broadband providers the green light to sell your private data to the highest bidder. Deeply personal information, including financial and medical data, His bill, in this case he says my bill, makes sure the FTC has the authority it needs to restore consumer control and allow individuals to use their internet without fear of intensive and intrusive practices that turn our private lives into yet another commodity on the open market. Thank you, bud. But you're missing a few folks, if you really mean
4: this. Well, you know, I would like him to give me a detailed explanation of how this is done. Well, there's that. But, because he's like making everybody all f- afraid of, of of a straw man that doesn't exist
3: well again it's Mr <clears throat> Mr longhanging fruit himself so just to remind you guys that we've been complaining about this type of thing for so long we will play something that you might remember that according to the internets is over seven years old I give you the onion
0: privacy while using Google? The internet giant says it understands. Google is now offering users a chance to opt out and live in privacy in a remote mountain village. Tech Trends reporter Jeff Tate has more. Thanks, Teresa. They call it the opt-out village. And it's just what you'd expect from Google. If you want to keep your information private, all you have to do is move to our 22-acre opt-out village and not speak to anyone from the outside world. It's very simple. Just go to the Google front page, click the opt-out button, and in minutes, a van will come to your house and pick you up. That same day, a team of Google privacy experts eliminates your home address, guaranteeing it will no longer appear on Google local pages. And after just two days in the back of a van? You're there. In the village, we can guarantee that there's no chance of Google reading your emails because there are no computers. And because they're also monitored and tracked by Google, there are no banks or hospitals. Residents will be expected to know how to grow food, suture wounds, and bury corpses by hand if they plan to opt out. And Google has gone the extra mile to ensure that users who choose to opt out are given complete privacy in their new home. A 30-foot-tall, 10-foot-thick physical data security wall keeps all former Google users from leaving the village until they decide they want to start using Google again. The opt-out village can't even be seen by google satellites because the entire town is enclosed with a large metal box with no openings google says those wishing to opt back into using google after their time in the village will be allowed to do so if they agree to be branded with a whimsical g on their foreheads to label them doubters if you don't want to give us complete access to your most private thoughts and feelings that's fine uh, you can just toil in the hinterlands and die young. And Carter says the opt out village is already getting rave reviews. One of the first village residents sent this letter praising the total privacy inside the village, saying, All alone, no light, hard to breathe. Now, that's one man whose data is secure. For the Onion News Network, I'm Jeff Tate. Thanks, Jeff. If you have any questions about. All right, the opt-
3: so that's the Onion News Network joking about internet privacy seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. Guys. And now this ridiculous story. Now, so again, let me just make you have you understand. I have no love for the internet providers, right? I don't care Comcast, Cox. They're all horrible people over there, right? We don't like writing that check to this broadband company. But these legislators must not understand how the internet works. What's going on with the fact that the that the the new administration decided not to f- uh, produce new caps or protections on the internet providers, is they're leveling the playing field against the other ones that have the same access to our data. Google, Facebook, and everywhere else you go. Browser companies, right? Why would you penalize one company and not the rest of them? Again, well, we're, we don't love these guys, but this is ridiculous. If, I
4: would argue that Google and Bing and, and those uh, companies have more access of course they to do. what you're doing on the internet than the ISPs have.
3: So, And, that, and that's exactly my point. So if Mr. Blumenthal really cared. If he really cared, he'd go after Facebook, Google, Bing along with the the internet providers. If you if you can't act like you care, buddy, you actually have to care. And this is this low-hanging fruit, simple little thing to say. You're not solving anything at all. You know, if you really care, make sure you put a, a, this type of legislation across all these folks, and I'd be I'd support it. I would fine Please do it. But don't act like you care in this one instance. It's so self serving. It's well, ridiculous.
4: He didn't, obviously, he didn't talk to Al Gore, who invented the internet. Oh, could Al. To tell him how to prevent it.
3: Al knows everything. Al's got all our data in his big monster Tennessee home there. That's, you know, when he turns on, when he comes home and dims the lights around the surrounding uh, in a <laughs> villages. Private jet. Yeah. Well, we won't go there. But it's just, <clears throat> this kind of stuff is just, it just makes me so mad about these politicians and what they say they're doing for us. I mean, the onion was making fun of this for a decade, and nobody seemed to care. Because who's writing checks to these guys? These big internet companies, Google, Facebook, I'm sure, are donating to, well, both sides probably. All right, let's move on to uh, who's taking sides? We're all Americans, right? Let's go on to your calls. It's going to go on to John and East Longmeadow next. Hey, John.
2: Good morning, gentlemen.
3: What can we do for you, sir? Uh,
2: I have a, uh, well, my wife actually has a, a relatively new cell phone. Nice. And uh we she's starting she only had it a month or so and she's getting messages that she's running low on memory. Okay. Uh I went through and I cleared the cache just to it's all I knew what to do and right. I mean and it's showing she's still at like seven gigabytes of an of an eight gigabyte memory. But there's a thirty two gigabyte, you know, memory card in there that's right. not being used. I just what do I what do I do to get it to uh uh some of the stuff over there.
3: Most likely she's using it for pictures that are going to the local storage rather than the um, the memory card, if
2: I had to guess. I, I looked at that. There's uh, hardly anything in pictures. She's only got four or five pictures on the whole camera.
3: Hmm.
2: But, I mean, so it's like two megabytes or something, or four, two four, something like that. It's a very small amount.
3: Okay. So it's saying it's, you're using up all your space, but you, I wonder what else she's doing with that phone. How many apps has she downloaded?
2: Uh. Not too many. I, I'm the one that actually downloaded some. I actually got rid of some of those this morning, and I'm still at like 6.8 gigabytes of the eight.
3: And, uh, 6.8 gigabytes used of the eight available. The eight. and then you get the 32 gigs that are free. It definitely yeah, has. It definitely yeah. yeah, it definitely has to do with how the phone is using its its storage. Is it what brand is it?
2: Uh, Samsung, I think. Yeah, Samsung. Samsung.
3: All right. So it's a Galaxy of some kind.
2: Yeah. Well. Uh, uh, it's an older one. It's a, uh, I guess, I, I don't know if it's a Galaxy or not. Uh, we bought it at, uh, at the store like a month ago, and it's on special for, you know, it's not one of the $700 phones. It's a, okay. you know, $100 or whatever.
3: Yeah, it's the same kind of phone I would get my kids, keep it as cheap as possible, <laughs> yeah. which is a good idea.
2: It works fine, but now she's starting to get that message. And, yeah. And uh, I thought initially it was a uh, 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 some kind of a thing looking for us to buy something from them, but no. in actually checking, there isn't much memory left.
3: So All right. Well, so there are some apps that you could um, download and use. I know Samsung has some tools themselves, depending on the version of Android that you're running, that will help clean up and free up space. It will show you where the stuff is being used. Um, I used to recommend an app on Android all the time, and Danny on the next line would be able to tell me what it was. For some reason, it's escaping my brain. It's a clean sweep uh, it's an Android app. Hang on, and it can help you find where you're, what you're, you know, doing with your phone. They, of course, it wants to sell you stuff as well, which is why I stopped using it. But uh, it does work pretty well. Um, let me just see if I can find it. And you're sure she's not downloading or loading? You, you already well, said. I, I looked
2: at, at the uh, at the application manager, and it and it showed the apps and how much memory each one was using. And uh, yeah, uh, I guess the the Android system itself uses like 4.7 of, of what's available or something like that yep according to this chart and uh,
3: yep I found it uh, it's an app called clean master clean master yep and um, if you put it on your Android phone there it'll it'll do a quick scan and see what's out there and it'll ask you if it can help manage the the storage so you're you're obviously not you have, don't have too many apps you don't have any pictures maybe it's music. Um,
2: no, I, I looked. I, I checked for everything there, and I mean, okay, it's a, she's got. got a couple of solitaire games and, and, and yeah. stuff like that, but there's there's nothing really big that uh, okay. is using up a big chunk of memory.
3: So download the Clean Master app. Little warning though, it's going to try to sell you stuff all the time, but the app in general right. works really well um, for checking on on space, and it'll um, run us. Will,
2: will it move apps from you know the internal memory over to that? That memory card, or? I
3: don't think so. You'll have to do that, but before it even has to do that, it's going to find out what you've got there filling up your space. Oh, okay. And it might just be the operating system is, is kind of large for the amount of space you have, it could just be hitting a limitation to start with. Um, but let's just have you run the app and see what it can tell you.
2: Okay.
3: Um, again, newer Samsung phones have its own pretty cool uh, utility to take care of that for you, but. I doubt that yours has that, or you would have used it already. You can look for it though. I think it's called Secure SpaceMan. No, uh, I can see it on my my uh, tablet back at home, but I can't think of the name of the app. You'd know it. It's, it's part of your utilities. It, it has a antivirus component, It has a storage component, and a cache component. And it asks you if you want to clean it up. It'll run. You can run the tool.
2: Okay. Very um, good. Thank you. You're welcome, John. Okay, gents, stay out of trouble or have fun. Okay. <laughs> we'll try. Okay. Bye
3: bye. Bye bye. Um. It's a big issue, especially with pictures. Before you know it, you just filled up your whole thing with pictures. Going to the top of the hour. No, keep going. All right. All right. We're going to go on to our resident groupie, Danny. Danny, are you there?
1: I'm disappointed. I thought I was going to get
3: to be a hero and say clean mouth. Yeah, I thought you were uh, because I was going to have to go to you. But thankfully, I've got all sorts of great resources here.
1: And I was to an interview with Eric Schmidt the other day yep. and they were talking about the self-driving cars and why they developed the technology which mm-hmm. I think is ridiculous.
3: Why? Oh, the reason that they developed it yeah. is ridiculous? Yeah. What's the reason?
1: Well, the reason is because every year in this country there are 32,000 scheduled deaths mm. on the highway. Yeah. We just don't know the names of the people that will fill the slots. Wow. Is how he said it. Yeah. So the 32,000 scheduled deaths
3: well, there's a lot of people that do die on the highways. It is around know, that but range.
1: I to say that there's, you know, there's a schedule of 32,000 slots, yeah. so that's why they developed uh, self-driving cars.
3: Well, they're trying to help us, Danny.
1: No, they're
3: not. <laughs> Have you ever watched Logan's Run?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, Logan's Run, sure. <laughs>
3: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Google's involved. Uh, Apple's going to start. They just We just had a story we we're going to bring it up, that Apple that's, just got some sort of patent for self-driving cars or some access to try testing it, something like right, that. Right. It. It really yeah, got a
1: little... GM hopes to have 11,000 self-driving cars. It's only going to take them five years. GM? GM. Hmm. Yeah, they just announced yesterday.
3: I wonder, because we bailed them out, if you and I, Danny, get a car for free.
1: <laughs> I don't I want it. one.
3: No, that's true. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it. Thanks, Danny. Have, have a nice good season. holiday. You too.
4: I think the move in this uh, self-driving car deal is that they want people not to own cars.
3: They want, like Google?
4: Yeah, you know. the.
3: Uh, It'll be a rental society. We'll just call up right. a car.
4: So you call a company like Uber or somebody else, Lyft, whatever, Yeah. and say, <clears throat> I need a car to go to work. Right. So they send you a car, go to work. You don't own it. You don't drive it. And, you know, it keeps you at the speed limit. You yeah. don't cut people off in traffic.
3: All good things. Oh, yeah.
4: There's some people out there that really shouldn't have a license. Well, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? While you're being driven in this autonomous car, yeah.
3: you can be texting your heart out. Well, that's true. The thing is, though, you've got a story, Bob, before we go to the top of the hour here, of GPS. Uh, G- another, We've talked about this happening with forks that are just – I mean, I'm a GPS zombie myself, uh, even within my own town of Southington. I don't even know the roads anymore. I just I GPS everything. I just put it in in my ways and it gets me from point A to point B without a problem. But Bob, you have a story where somebody had their GPS and it drove them into a lake or a river.
4: Yeah, they drove into a river because the GPS told them to.
3: Yeah, I'm, I mean,
4: I'm not sure. I got to find that article.
3: I I don't have it, but your eyeballs should be enough to say I got to put the brakes on.
4: <laughs> well, if the GPS tells me to go there, I must um, be able to go, right? I guess so. Maybe it's a fly uh, a. Car that floats in the water.
3: But well, what, my, my point is, if the GPS is telling you to go into the, the river, what happens in the autonomous car does that?
4: Well, of course, these autonomous cars are run by computers that'll never be hacked, right?
3: Well, they, if they get we e- had an article e- as that. long as they don't get email, we're fine and safe. We're going to step out for a quick break. Get back to more of your calls: eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. Four lines wide open on this gorgeous Saturday morning. Get on board, and we'll do our best to help you out. We'll be
0: right back.